Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, today as we dig into Acts, Lord, I pray that we would be mindful of the power of your forgiveness and the implications that forgiveness has on our lives uh, to follow Jesus, to experience freedom from our sin, and to experience um, the satisfaction of knowing, God, that we uh, were made for and have been saved for eternal life, which starts now. So, Lord, um, if we need forgiveness this morning, Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves before you. And if we need to forgive others, I pray the same thing. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll start with a question that I already know the answer to. Have you ever done something wrong? Yeah, most of you, right? Um, There might be a few teenagers who never have in the room, which is fine. Maybe you've done something, even you would consider it, it was horrible. Or maybe you've done something, but you've experienced forgiveness. Maybe you've hurt somebody, but they forgave you. Have you ever experienced a a profound and deep grace and forgiveness from another human being? I I really hope that you have. I hope that you can think of a time right away that pops into your mind where you knew you messed up, but somebody forgave you out of love. I can think of many times in my life, um, most of the ones that came to my mind were probably too sensitive of a nature to share publicly, so I'm not going to share an example. Um, But there's sometimes those things that that you you need to experience that forgiveness or that confession before you go to bed at night if you're going to sleep. Maybe you've been in that situation before. Or maybe you need to experience it so you can get out of bed the next morning. Because that, that, uh, that shame, that guilt, uh, when we know that we have messed up, can really weigh us down. It can throw us off. It can dampen even the best of moods. It can lead us to experience um, something very far from the life that God has for us. Knowing that you have wronged or sinned against someone that you love is a heavy burden to bear. So today we need to talk about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? So first of all, Forgiveness for us, person to person, is making a decision to release the resentment that we feel towards somebody who has hurt us, wronged us, or sinned against us or someone that we love. So not everything that we harbor resentment for is something that was done directly to us. It maybe was done to someone or something that we love, correct? And we tend to be protective of those people that we love, and so if somebody hurts them or sins against them, we might be resentful as well, because By extension, our love causes us to feel that pain as well. Forgiveness person to person is very important because it doesn't just happen. You can't accidentally forgive somebody, can you? You can't accidentally forgive somebody. You can't actively forgive if you're sweeping a conflict under the rug, if you're ignoring it, if you're pretending that it didn't happen. That's not forgiveness. It has to be dealt with on purpose. Now, forgiveness in terms of our faith, in terms of the Bible, which we're talking about that as well today too, um, it's understood as God's promise to not count our sins against us. Like Allison said with the wonderful calculator metaphor that I wish I would have thought of for my sermon, it's the clear button. That's what God promises. That's what God promises. This comes through repentance from our old life. Repentance means turning away from the sin and turning towards God and the life that God has for us. 
So this forgiveness comes through repentance from our old life, turning away from sin in the old in favor of believing in and following Jesus Christ. Can we all agree that forgiveness is important? I hope so. Forgiveness and love go hand in hand. If you've ever been in a relationship that is demonstrating love, you know that you need to practice forgiveness and that that other person or other people in that relationship also need to practice forgiveness. And it's quite possible that forgiveness is one of those few traits that should clearly and obviously show that our lives in Christ are different than the lives of people without Christ. And as Christians, forgiveness should be this sort of defining and distinguishing mark of God's people. The world does not care if you forgive someone or not, unless there's some benefit to that person or there's something in store for them. Actively, actually following Jesus with our lives requires forgiveness. And um, that's a tough pill to swallow for me and for many people because I don't always want to forgive when I've been hurt. And knowing that people who have hurt me aren't always going to want to forgive or to ask for forgiveness, and many times they don't even know they hurt you, right? So forgiveness is a big part. Let's look at our Acts text today. Forgiveness is kind of this centerpiece to the argument that Paul and Barnabas are laying out um, as they're on this missionary journey. So Paul and Barnabas, uh, in the previous chapter here, they've been on this missionary journey that the early church had commissioned them to do. Um, they were some of the apostles that traveled, and they were going from place to place, region to region, telling the good news of Jesus Christ. They visit Cyprus, and they continue on through the region. They meet a false prophet whose name is Bar-Jesus, and they teach and they preach to a number of leaders and Israelites, and to the Gentiles. And just a definition reminder, Israelites would be everybody that was born in and of the Jewish family and faith that could trace their lineage back to Abraham, right? And the Gentiles were everybody else. So all of the other different cultures of the world are summed up in Gentile. So Paul and Barnabas have this opportunity to spread the gospel to many different people, diverse backgrounds, many different cultures. In the verses immediately preceding our Acts text today, Paul and Barnabas are doing something similar to what we saw Stephen do, and Peter and others. They're using Israel's own history to persuade both Jews and the Gentiles that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And that's a good reminder to us again, uh, it's important for us to know the history of God before Jesus was born, right? Because God worked in and through God's people, through Israel, to bring about um, all of the things that culminate in the person of Jesus Christ. And for us, our Savior, the forgiveness of sins. So Paul and Barnabas, they knew their history, as did Peter, as did Stephen, as did many of the early church apostles. That's still a very important thing for the Christian. The gospel and the story of God's promises and covenants isn't laid out in the history of Rome. It's not laid out in the history of Asia or any other nation. It's laid out in the history of the Jewish people, in what we call the Old Testament and other resources that go along with that, that help explain what life was like for them under God's covenant. 
Paul was one of these Jewish people, and Jesus was one of these Jewish people. And so again, it matters to the testimony of Jesus that we know about the things that came before Jesus. So Paul and Barnabas get to the climax of their argument here, and we're going to pick up in verse 38, where we read earlier. It says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, he's talking about Jesus, through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Let's unpack that a little bit. Paul and Barnabas have laid out who Jesus is, and here we have their main point. Jesus, through Jesus, is the forgiveness of sins. Through Jesus. They don't offer an alternative to that, do they? And then they say, you're freed from everything that you could not be freed from by the law of Moses. This is like a throwback to our Romans series we did last year. And Romans tells us over and over again that we cannot work our way into God's graces. We cannot earn salvation. It doesn't work that way because none of us in this room, nobody can live perfectly the law that was given to Moses. And so some of those things we can do. I hope that we're not going around killing people. I hope that that's one of those things in the law of Moses that we're trying to stick to because we know it's wrong. There's always going to be things under that law that we cannot do. We're going to mess up. We're, we have sin in our lives. We are not perfect. And so all of us need what? Forgiveness. We can't do it perfectly. There's always going to be sin. But the argument here is this, Jesus can free you from that sin, all of the things that you can't live up to according to the law. Jesus can free you from that sin. Imagine sitting in that room there and being somebody who's dealt with guilt and shame for most of your life. Maybe you're a Gentile trying to live in a Jewish area. Maybe you're a Jewish person who is oppressed and just held under by the weight of the Roman occupation of your historical home. Maybe, maybe you're just somebody that knows you can't live up to the perfect standard that God sets in the law. This message from Paul and Barnabas is a, is a message of freedom. And I hope that is for us this morning too. That knowing Jesus means we actually know what freedom is and feels like, and tastes like. The argument that Paul and Barnabas are laying out here is no different than the argument for us. When, when was the last time you thought of all the ways that you missed the mark, that you hurt somebody you love? We could all think of many things, probably, if we took the time. And maybe it's acting in a sinful way. Maybe it's not acting in the right way that we know we should have. Maybe it's just ignoring God's word in this area or that area. There's a, there's a whole different list of things that we could think of in our lives that we know don't accurately represent who we know God to be through Jesus Christ. That's all of us. And the law that was given to Moses all those years ago, and it's, it's a good law, and it's a necessary law, but it cannot save you. And so, as I said before, you cannot work your way into God's grace, but there is one who has, and his name is Jesus. Jesus 
can save you from that. Jesus offers you that today. Just as Paul and Barnabas communicate that gospel to these people 2,000 years ago. So picking up in verse 42, how do they respond to this good news? How do they respond to the news that Jesus is the Messiah they were looking for, that Jesus didn't just come to free the Israelites, but all people, and that there is forgiveness through the name of Jesus? How do they respond? Verse 42, as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after meeting, the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism, so Gentiles that had converted to Judaism, followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. So the people received this message, Jesus is the Savior, the forgiver of sins, and I love their response in verse 42. They want to hear it again. They want to come back to the synagogue next week and hear this good news over. And over, and they want to hear it on a deeper level and get to know this good news. When we are confronted with the realization of God's forgiveness and grace, I think it should leave us wanting more, shouldn't it? This isn't something where uh, we receive God's good news and grace and then we're done with it. It's an invitation into a life of living in and living from that area of forgiveness and grace not just bouncing in and out when we want to or when it's convenient. It's a receive and come back for more type of love. It's, a, it's abundant. And let me tell you, God has abundant love for you and abundant mercy and abundant forgiveness. And it's good and it's far more, it's far better than all of the goodness of life that you have experienced up to this point. Guess what? God's goodness is still more than that. And our journey isn't over. If we have breath, there's more. There's more goodness and grace and mercy and forgiveness for each and every one of us. And we can take that to the bank. So I encourage you, do not treat Jesus' forgiveness as a release from his presence. It's not like you're going in to be pardoned by a king and then you're really happy to get out of the room because you got out with your life. With Jesus, it's different. Don't treat Jesus' forgiveness as a release from his presence, but as an invitation to dwell in Christ and have Christ dwell in you over and over for all the days of our lives. It changes us. It changes us. In our gospel passage today, um, Jesus demonstrates the power that he has to forgive. We talked about this at Epic two weeks ago, um, and we watched this video clip from The Chosen. It's too long to show this morning, uh, but it's a really powerful video clip that depicts this gospel story. And the person who is crippled is lowered down through the roof of a house because they couldn't get him through the crowd to be at the feet of Jesus. So they climb up on the roof, and they pull away some boards, and they lower him down right into Jesus' presence. A tremendous act of friendship, right? This man's friends showed incredible determination to get him to where Jesus was. Side, side, side thought here this morning. What lengths would you go to to bring a friend to the presence of Jesus? That's one of our big takeaways we had from that message at Epic a couple weeks ago. And are you hanging out with friends that want you to be in the presence of Jesus? 
This is a challenge for us. So they, lay, they get this man down through the roof, and they lay him there. And Jesus heals this man, and he clearly proclaims that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive. And I'm going to read this section again, too, starting with Mark 2, 5. When Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the friends, because it was the friends who had faith that Jesus could change this man's life. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus is like, well, I am, right? So immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he, laid, so he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. Everyone was amazed, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Jesus shows the radical forgiveness and the undeniable power that he holds. And that is a power to forgive sins, and that is the power that Paul and Barnabas talk about in our Acts text this morning. This is their testimony. And this isn't a testimony that of them uh, sort of telling a summary of this story in the past. They have experienced this forgiveness in their lives. And the gospel is not that somebody else has experienced it. It's that you get to experience it too. So friends, when was the last time you were moved in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit by Jesus' forgiveness? When was the last time you really felt that grace? Now, our feelings can be deceptive, but God also gave us those feelings. And sometimes God works through those feelings to remind us of his love and grace. This series is called The Amazing Acts of the Holy Spirit that we've been in this year. Um, And the goal is to demonstrate that, that the Holy Spirit, God's very real presence in his people, in his church, is what fuels and empowers Christians to live for Jesus. We can't live for Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit, but with the Holy Spirit, we definitely can. And that's what God invites us to. So this is true for us today. It hasn't stopped being true since the Spirit moved Paul and Barnabas all those years ago to proclaim the gospel. And so think about this this morning. When was the last time the Holy Spirit moved you or filled you in a way that you were just clearly aware that God loves you and has forgiven you. I believe that through this passage today, God wants his spirit to move in this place in a way that reminds us of how incredible that grace is and that forgiveness is. So there's two things I want you to do so that we don't forget it when we walk out the door and start thinking about Super Bowl food. How might the Holy Spirit be reminding you of God's grace and forgiveness through Jesus this morning? What is God stirring up in your heart and your mind when you think about either your need for that forgiveness
And the second part of that, hopefully you have something in your mind. How will thinking about that, remembering that, maybe experiencing a revelation of God's forgiveness this morning on a new level, how is that going to influence how you live when you leave this place? How's it going to change you? How are you going to live as one who is forgiven and experiencing the love of God and the freedom from sin? How would your life look different living under that reality? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is by your name that we experience the grace of forgiveness. And in fact, Lord, your scriptures tell us that there's no other name under heaven and on earth by which we are saved, but through the powerful name of Jesus. So Lord, this morning we confess to you that we are people in need of forgiveness. We confess to you that we sin against you and against each other. We confess to you that we harbor resentment in our hearts towards those who have sinned against us. And Lord, in your mercy this morning, we pray for your forgiveness. Would you move us by the power of your Holy Spirit to repent and to experience the goodness of your kind love. And Lord, may that experience produce fruit in our lives. May we live as people not harboring resentment towards the world or anyone in it, but harboring grace and forgiveness in a way that we can live and show the same compassion and love that Jesus has shown us. Lord, we thank you and we pray this in your holy name. Amen.